0: Welcome to Conversations with Anne Elizabeth, the podcast inspired by my book, I'm a Registered Dietitian, Now What?, where I have the absolute joy to sit back, relax, and have a conversation about nutrition with a variety of people who share their personal story of passion and purpose, especially registered dietitians. Today's conversation is with Liz Dunn, a registered dietitian with a passion for sports nutrition, being extremely active, and wheelchair rugby. My episode today is sponsored by Moku Health. As I'm podcasting today, I'm sipping on my favorite kombucha in these perfect packets of dried kombucha. All I have to do is add it to water and voila, it's good to go. I'm a big fan of the no vinegar taste and I still get all the probiotic benefits. If this is something you are interested in, head on over to their website, moku Health, M-O-C-U Health dot com and order some of your own. Don't forget to use the code ANNE20 for 20% off your order. This is another episode of where I sing the praises of Instagram and how it brings people together. I started following Liz last year and I remember the first photo of hers I saw. It was of her with her holding her paper stating she had passed the RD exam. But what really caught my attention was she said in the caption, I may not be where I hope to be at this point, but that's okay. I remember thinking, neither am I. And you know what? That's okay. There is so much more to Liz's story, and I'm happy we are able to have such a great conversation. Please enjoy my conversation with Liz. <laughs> well, why don't you kind of take me back to when you kind of got interested in the field of nutrition or interested in nutrition, or did you know about being a dietitian? Maybe kind of talk me through that whole process for you.
1: Okay. Well, growing up, I started playing soccer when I was really young. So I guess that kind of always had me interested in nutrition a little bit. Um, But by the time I got through high school and picked a college major, I actually went with pre-pharmacy to start with. And then I guess it wasn't until after my injury when I realized being a dietitian was a thing. And I decided to switch. And um, yeah. So I.
0: Did you know? Did you uh, like you played sports? So you knew like nutrition was important. And obviously pharmacy and nutrition are still in the medical field, but they're still completely, they're kind of opposite of each other. (laughs) Yeah, they are. So so you, so you had, so did you kind of. Did you do well with nutrition when you were playing sports and doing that kind of stuff?
1: yeah, and growing up, we always had like family dinners together, and my mom always cooked a lot, and she knew to we always had vegetables and different fruits in our house, so I guess I grew up eating pretty well. We didn't get a lot of takeout or anything, and if we did like get a pizza, my mom would always have some salad with it too, so we I grew up with a good balance. I think. That's good. So that kind of helped me be interested in it also.
0: So what about, I'm interested, what about pharmacy interested you?
1: <laughs> um, I'm not sure. I really like science. Like, I love science. And I think I wanted to go kind of into maybe more research with the pharmacy. And because my mom had MS or something similar to it. So that kind of helped me be interested in like helping to find different medications because there wasn't a lot of treatments available. So, Okay. That kind of makes
0: sense too. Yeah. Like you kind of had that personal, just that personal situation with your family too that made Mm -hmm. you kind of interested in it. Sure.
1: Yeah. So then after my car accident where I had my injury, um, they said because I was in such good shape, it helped me recover from the surgeries and everything a lot better so then I thought, oh, like preventative stuff is a lot better and that's more what I'm interested in. So I started looking into dietetics shortly after that.
0: Okay. How old were you about? I mean, like um, what kind of age were you at that point? I was 20. I was a junior in college. Okay. And tell tell me and kind of the listeners more about, you know, kind of your injury and kind of what you went through during that time in your life. Uh
1: Crazy stuff. Um, no, but well, it was a car accident. So, and then I broke my neck in it and damaged my spinal cord. So I have a C5, C6 spinal cord injury, which results in paralysis in like all four of my limbs are affected, but I have some arm function, but not really finger function. Um, so after that, I was in college, so I ended up taking two years off okay. to do rehab and work on getting a little stronger and just kind of get used to the situation a little bit more before I tried to jump into anything else.
0: Sure. But, well, that, uh, yeah. that would have been difficult to try to go back to school right mm-hmm. away and not take care of your own health, for sure.
1: Definitely. So after those two years, um, I took some classes online. Like after I had applied and gotten accepted to the University of Pittsburgh, their nutrition and dietetics program, I just needed a couple classes and then I met all the requirements because I'm sure, as you know, pre-pharmacy and nutrition, we all had to have like all the science classes. Yeah. So everything transferred over wonderfully, which was awesome for me.
0: Thank goodness, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. See, you're on the right path. So that's good that you had all those science classes that you already kind of took. Yeah, like all the bio and
1: OCHEM and everything. So that was really helpful. So I think I only needed an intro to nutrition class and a statistics class. And then I was caught up.
0: Awesome. Awesome. So when you started getting into those nutrition classes, did you immediately know like this was the right decision? I absolutely love this.
1: Yeah, it was. It felt right. So that was good. I did. Um, after being out of school for two years, I did jump into like 18 credits, which was a oh little tough. <laughs> but I managed
0: somehow. You made it through. That's a lot of credits, yeah. lady.
1: It was. And I'm like, how do I take notes in class? I don't think I can write and keep up with stuff. So I had to figure that out on top of having a full class schedule. Oh, sure. But, I
0: out of that. So how did you do, How did you work through that? I mean, did you just kind of tape it, kind of record it, and then um, just...
1: I ended up using an iPad to take notes on. It was a lot easier with the touchscreen. Nice. Nice. Yeah.
0: Thank gosh for technology. Yeah,
1: definitely. <laughs> That's
0: why we can do this podcast today, too. Technology yeah. is great. So Thank you... Graduated from the University of Pittsburgh. Did you do your internship there then too? Yeah, I
1: finished the undergrad program there. And then they have a coordinated master's program. So I actually stayed at Pitt for my master's, which included the internship.
0: Awesome. Well, that's bonus. So you got your Mm -hmm. master's and your internship all done. During your internship, was there a certain area of you know nutrition that was you were really drawn to or something that really spoke to you in our profession? Um, well, I guess
1: my internship was very clinically based, which I enjoyed. It was tough, but I really liked it. The hospital I was at, though, had a spinal cord rehab unit. So yeah, that was probably my favorite part since I was a patient there at one point myself. So to come back as an intern, I like, it. yeah.
0: Yeah, that's really cool. You probably had a whole new different insight into, you know, having your own personal experience and then being a professional helping to treat Definitely. those patients. What specifically, I mean, like I'm interested because I'm not very familiar with like the nutritional needs of, of individuals that have spinal cord in your injuries. So what kind of things did you monitor and work with when it came to those injuries?
1: Um, Well, a lot of people think that like loss of muscle function is kind of the main thing that happens with spinal cord injuries, but there's a lot of other stuff to it, including like affected bowel and bladder function. So obviously nutrition has a big role in how those go. So there's a lot of like fluid timing and fiber needs. So, yeah.
0: Sure. Did you do a lot of nutrition support then too?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, a little bit.
0: A little bit. Yeah. Not a lot of TPNs and tube feedings no,
1: the no, there wasn't too much. It was um, the rehab there. It, I guess, well, some people had some, but most people were just eating orally. So that's good. Yeah, that's I good. got plenty of experience in some of the ICUs and other areas. So I did get a lot of practice with it, but spinal cord, um, not as much.
0: That was one thing I was always intimidated by was nutrition support in Mm -hmm. any aspect of clinical nutrition because, you know, it's so specific and it is a difficult thing to, to tailor towards Mm -hmm. your patients. So, so many different needs. So that's great that you had such a good clinical experience Mm -hmm. since you did like all that science based kind of Mm -hmm. nutrition.
1: Yeah. The one thing I did struggle with clinically was critical care. Mm -hmm was that that your hardest yeah it, it was definitely a struggle
0: <laughs> what what was why why was it a struggle for you uh,
1: well I guess the hospital I was at was like the level one trauma hospital with the burn unit also so we got like the worst of the worst so in the critical care units it it was hard to kind of prioritize what needed what we needed to focus on first and then next so
0: Sure, because yeah, everything was, was so critical. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I worked well, in a level, I did an internship in a level one trauma too. So I kind of know yeah. like how intense it is and how much different random things you have mm-hmm. to kind of experience as a dietitian. Yeah,
1: so I guess I got a little overwhelmed with some of it. But I think it was a really
0: good experience because I learned what I don't want to do. So <laughs> that well do. Did you always kind of feel like there was a draw to clinical? I mean, for you in general?
1: Yeah, I thought I would like it. Like I still really enjoyed it and I'm so thankful for the experience, but I realized it was just a little too demanding, not like demanding, but just a little too much for me because I was, it would make me really tired by the end of the day. And I was just kind of exhausted with the long days. Sure,
0: sure. And that's understandable. Too. I mean, like, I know I was mentally, just mentally exhausted from mm-hmm. it. So phys- being physically exhausted too. Yeah. That's, that's a hard combination.
1: Yeah. Cause so I'd have to push all around the hospitals and I liked it, but it was just, I was so tired by the end of each day.
0: Sure, sure. And, and you're in a wheelchair, correct? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, that would be, I mean, just getting around all the time and making, and those hospitals are like mazes. It's like, (laughs) I mean, it's, you feel like you're in an amusement park sometimes getting through all the different areas and it's it's, then you get lost and you're like, where am I at?
1: (laughs) You know, I was a patient in that hospital for a couple of weeks, several years before But I only knew my little unit that I was on. So when I started having to go everywhere in the hospital, I'm like, this, wait, which elevator do I need?
0: (laughs) They all look the same.
1: No, there was like the green one, a purple one, a yellow one. And then I would forget which one too. I
0: did. I had to make cheat sheets for myself of like, like little maps in my notebook of where (laughs) I needed to go. So I, as an intern, so I knew where I was going. (laughs) No, there's so many things being an intern, you don't think about just even knowing
1: where to go in the hospital.
0: Exactly, exactly. So you said you realized you didn't. You realized what you didn't want to do, and what did you realize you didn't want to do?
1: <laughs> no, I guess um, critical care overwhelmed me a little bit, and I did. I do like clinical. I just knew I wouldn't be able to do that full time. So gotcha. I'm still open to the option of part time. I'm still looking for a job right now. I'm really enjoying volunteering with the athletes at Pitt. But okay, I, think, so yeah. I want to work my They'll way to, to work with adaptive athletes.
0: Okay. So you kind of found a passion for working with athletes in this whole process. How did yes. you get involved with the athletes at, at the university?
1: Um, I just, what was it? They recently hired the new sports dietitian. So I just sent her an email and was like, I want some experience.
0: Do you need any help? And she respond and she was very open yeah. to having some assistance. And yeah. so how often how often do you go and do some volunteering?
1: Um I go in two days a week, but so on Tuesdays I do like their Taste It Tuesday program. So I kind of um we have some student volunteers now. So every week we pick a new item to focus on. And this week was a grain salad made with faro. So we'll have the salad made and then the athletes can try all the samples from it. So we like have something different every Tuesday. So that's kind of my main thing. And then I just um, help in the fueling station for a couple hours on Wednesdays.
0: Very good. Very good. So when you think about like, so how did you kind of get on the radar of working with athletes or like you said, you can work with some para athletes. How did you kind of get that interest or get introduced to that?
1: Um, well, I've always been pretty active, whether it was soccer or snowboarding before my injury. So after I was kind of looking for something myself and one of my friends with a similar injury, she introduced me to wheelchair rugby and I've been playing ever since. So since I love it so much and I know nutrition plays a huge role, I'm like, why can't I work with other athletes?
0: Oh, that's so cool. I saw it. Well, and you said you, you even, um, didn't you do, you went and kind of like not audition, but tried out for the para-athlete, um, was it Olympic team that you tried out for?
1: Yeah, it's the, it's USA Wheelchair Rugby. So the national team that represents so the US. Yeah.
0: That's exciting. How was that
1: experience? It was insane. It was really exciting, a little nerve wracking, kind of overwhelming all at the same time.
0: <laughs> Which is all good and scary at the same time, right? Yeah,
1: <laughs> definitely.
0: Did you, was that on the East Coast or did you have to travel or where did you go to, um, to try out? Um, the,
1: like the home of wheelchair rugby, if you want to call it that, is in Alabama, so a lot of their training camps and the tryouts and everything is in just outside of Birmingham okay, so yeah, and I, did they
0: did they invite you like how does someone get that invitation to try out okay, so normally,
1: if I remember correctly, there have to be like on one of the previous teams to get an invite or Um, like you had been on the team before, then you would automatically get an invite to the tryouts or, um, you can petition to get an invite. And that's what I did. So actually a couple players on the team last year, and they made the team again this year, but they reached out to me just before Thanksgiving this past fall saying that, you know, I think you would be a good fit for the team because my classification is, um, it's beneficial. Like every player has a different classification, but they reached out to me and suggested that I submit a petition. So I did. And then I got an invite. And then, yeah, that's how I ended up at the
0: tryouts. That's so exciting. What a great opportunity. I
1: never thought it would be possible. And then they reached out. So I I, I like couldn't focus for weeks after that.
0: <laughs> did you do, like being a nutrition expert yourself, what did you do like in preparation for your, like, I'm sure you probably, since you've been an athlete your whole life, you're always being mindful of nutrition for yourself mm-hmm. and, you know, fueling yourself properly. But did you do something different to kind of fuel yourself for your tryouts and like even for your games and things like that? Um,
1: I, by the time I found out it, I was invited, it was mid-December and the tryout started January 3rd. So there really wasn't any time to do anything differently. So I really
0: couldn't at that point. Gotcha, gotcha. So you're just like I'm. Just going to stick to what I'm doing and what I know, yep. and I'll be ready.
1: <laughs> as ready as I could be.
0: <laughs> well, and that has to be pretty intense. I mean, you probably burn a ton of calories playing yeah. in um, that sport. I would think that that you really have to fuel yourself properly. Mm-hmm.
1: Definitely. The games usually last about an hour and a half. Oh my it's gosh, that's a long. Or 8-minute quarters, but the clock like starts and stops and yeah, so you're pretty much always moving during that time.
0: Sure, you probably have some rock-star biceps. Yeah. <laughs> Getting there. <laughs> Did they, so just kind of like, you know, you mentioned that you have a goal of working with paraathletes. Mm-hmm. Do they have dietitians? Have you kind of researched any of that yourself of you know, I know what jobs would be available that way?
1: There's several different dietitians um, with the Paralympics, like the Olympic dietitians. But I don't know of many that are just working with like other, I guess not other athletes, but athletes that aren't at that level. So I don't know if there's many. I'm trying to find that are out more. There.
0: You're high, well, I bet you are. Well, you could be. You yeah. could be the the dietitian. That could be your niche, and that could be where mm-hmm. you focus and market yeah. yourself that way.
1: Yeah, I have. <laughs> I'm working on a blog, and like still kind of. Yeah, it's a process.
0: The process. Are you going to kind of focus on um, nutrition for athletes in your blog? Um.
1: Probably a little bit, and then just spinal cord injuries in general, since there's not a lot of that either. So I think it'll be a good mix of stuff.
0: Yeah, that'll be a great niche too, because I'm sure there's a need for just educating the public about it as well Mm -hmm. and sharing your story.
1: Yeah, there's really not much out there. So I'm hoping to start something. We'll see where it goes, right?
0: Well, you have to keep me you'll have to keep me posted yeah. cuz that would be great to share just with other dietitians and letting other dietitians know that those resources are available yeah. out there for someone who lives it and works in it mm-hmm. every day too. Yeah. So do you see yourself like taking like the CSSD and getting specialized in nutri in like sports nutrition and an athlete?
1: Yeah, I would love to. So um, I'm trying to Get some of those experience hours in by volunteering at Pitt and then hopefully doing a little bit more on my own. Maybe talking to my team or some of the other after sports teams in the areas. And, you know, it's it's a lot of hours you have to get before you can take it. So, but that'd be the goal.
0: Yeah. And I was going to ask, too, like, can you do like it's with is there other teams that you could like do new sports, like sports nutrition talks with or work with other athletes that you even
1: play with? Mm-hmm. Well, I live in Pittsburgh and in Pittsburgh alone, there's, let me see, we have wheelchair rugby, wheelchair basketball, there's a sled hockey team, an adaptive rowing team, um, a bunch of hand cyclists that I'm friends with. So yeah, there's there's a lot lot of adaptive sports out there and that's only in my city.
0: So you've got a lot of opportunity Mm -hmm. as a dietitian being there and being a resource for other athletes in your area. That's awesome. Well, I'm excited to. I will. I hope that your blog. Do you have a timeline for your blog that's going to come out? Um.
1: Well, it's. I have it up right now. I just haven't been posting very much.
0: Gotcha. (laughs) It takes time, right? It takes time to be consistent with that.
1: Yeah. So it's called um, adapting nutrition. Okay. Yeah. Just adaptingnutrition.com, and And that's. Yeah.
0: I will put that link in the show notes. (laughs) That think it's gonna start reading your blog and find it interesting. What else about nutrition? Just kind of what else is are you excited about? like where do you see yourself in the future as a dietitian?
1: I would I guess what we've been talking about' just really working with adaptive athletes and helping them perform to the best of their abilities, and hopefully maybe someday I'll be on the the national team too. We'll see what happens, right.
0: Yeah, well, of course. Well, you've got you got your first in, so I think that there'll be more of those in your future for sure. Whatever happened with your audition? Um, well,
1: they yeah, I can tell you about the tryouts because it was it was a lot. So it was January third through seventh, and we had three sessions a day every day until the seventh was just like there was the morning session, and then they announced the team after. So breakfast was at six a.m. Our last session ended around like 9.30, 10 o'clock p.m.
0: Oh, my gosh. It was long. Oh, that's days. a lot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> would you do it all over again, though? Would you definitely, if you had another opportunity, would you definitely do it?
1: Yeah, definitely. They, um, I actually, they made several cuts throughout the weekend and I made it until the final cut. and. Yeah, so I was really close to even making it. And I'm not a very experienced player. Like I mentioned earlier, it's all about my classification. Oh, yeah.
0: And that's your classification of your... Yeah, as a um, player. injury As a player, okay. Yep. What are there? Is there certain classifications in, like, how many is there? Mm-hmm.
1: There are, well, wheelchair rugby, you have to have, it's. it used to be called quad rugby. So you have to have impairments in, I believe, all four limbs, but at least three of them. So you can't have full function of both of your arms and still play. That's kind of how it started is um, a lot of quadriplegics wanted a sport, but the only one available was wheelchair basketball. And we just couldn't compete with the paras. So they kind of like branched off and made their made a new sport originally called murder ball.
0: Oh, my <laughs> I think I kind of remember. Wasn't there a movie about that yep. too at one
1: point? Yeah, there was. Yes. So every player is classified depending on your function. And you can be classed as a 0.5 is the lowest and a 3.5 is the highest. So I am at a 0.5, but because I'm female, I actually play as a zero. And what that means oh. is you can have four people on the court on your team at a time and eight points between the players. So, with me counting as a zero, then the eight points are divided between the three players remaining instead of all four. Okay. So, it's like a slight huh. advantage to have a female out there because you get like that extra half point.
0: <laughs> You're like, Hey, that's cool with me. I'll do it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah there's not a lot of, because it's a co ed sport and there's not a lot of females that play. So.
0: Well, there you go. See, you're a dietitian and you're a female and you can play the sport. So that gives you like three ups already. Yeah.
1: <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, a lot of people think I'm crazy when I say I play rugby. They're like, what?
0: No, I think but that's so I think that's so great that you do. It's so fun. How often do you play during the weekend? Do you play all year round? Um, do you our play
1: season is it's like a winter sport. So September through March. But my team this year, we're done. We elected like not to go to postseason because the um, sectionals were in Alabama. And my team, I guess, I don't want to say we're bad, but we're not the most competitive. So it didn't make sense for us to try to go to sectionals because it, it would have been expensive to try to get down there. And yeah, if that makes sense.
0: Sure, sure. And, and if you weren't going to be able to compete, then you're yeah. like,
1: well, maybe we'll wait yeah. next year. yeah so we how often do they oh I was gonna do they
0: have so every year they have like tournament time you play a season and everybody from around around the United States then comes and plays in sectionals and things at the end of the season Mm
1: -hmm. yep so we do a lot of weekend tournaments the ones I normally go to are in um Philly Baltimore um a couple in Ohio Rochester so we kind of stay like usually within driving distance but then we always go to West Palm Beach in January for their tournament because why not get out of the snow
0: yeah well and I saw I think you know like we connected through Instagram and I Mm -hmm. saw your amazing photo your amazing photos from Florida which were awesome
1: (laughs) it felt so nice to be sitting outside in the middle of January and like yeah, I bet. I was hanging out in the in the parking lot outside of the tournament when it was like 70, 75 degrees out. This is perfect.
0: Perfect weather. Yeah. Do you see yourself living in a warmer climate someday? Um,
1: potentially. I don't know if I could live in Florida, though, because it gets really humid in the summers.
0: It does. That's the only drawback about Florida. It gets super humid. Yeah.
1: So I'm like, I can go there in the winter. But yeah, I I can't live anywhere where it's too hot.
0: Sure, sure. That probably is just wears you out even more than if it's too humid. Yeah,
1: actually, for higher level spinal cord injuries, you normally lose the ability to sweat also. Okay. So I can't I know sweat. That. So it's very easy for me to overheat.
0: Wow. Well, that's a huge, yeah, you definitely probably couldn't live anywhere that was super warm then for sure. Yeah, and
1: some people are used to it, but I'm like, I can't tolerate heat very well. And I don't like the cold either. So I'll, I'll figure out a good place to live someday. Right.
0: <laughs> find that perfect spot. Do you, how do you, so then when you're, cause I'm sure you sweat when you do your, when you're playing your, your game too or playing your matches how do you deal with keeping yourself where you are your temperature is okay
1: um well i actually i don't sweat at all so when i am feeling warm they usually have fans in some of the gyms so you can go by them to help cool down um people use spray bottles because you can still feel it uh, evaporating off your skin even though you can't sweat So that still helps you cool. And then I've used, have you seen like the cool towels that you dip in water and then like wring out and then they just stay on your neck or wherever you put it? I use those a lot when it's Mm -hmm. hot out too.
0: Okay. Well, that makes sense. I mean, just to keep your temperatures regulated since you're not sweating for sure. You don't overheat. That would be awesome. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Heat stroke is no joke. So you definitely have to be careful.
0: Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. So most of your matches are all inside. I'm assuming in like an air conditioned facility. Yeah. Yeah. We play on a
1: basketball court.
0: So. Okay. Very cool. Very cool. So what do you, do you do anything specifically like when you're in the season for your own personal nutrition? I mean, is there anything that you follow? Any guidelines you follow to stay, to stay like in, in playing mode and playing shape?
1: I mean, I usually eat pretty well, so I don't really do much differently. I guess it just depends on when I'm working out, if I need an extra snack or a little more protein after a long practice, something like that. But, yeah.
0: And I see that you're trying to cook more, too. (laughs) Trying to be more fancy in the kitchen, like me. Yeah,
1: working on it. My boyfriend actually does a lot of the cooking for me since I'm i am still trying to find ways to... To um, I guess pick stuff up and chop food and whatnot. Sure. Well,
0: you're so lucky you have your own chef. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so nice. Right? You have your own personal <laughs> chef. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> that's very good. So you said you're kind of still looking for a job. Mm-hmm. Are you and you said you're still kind of open to anything and everything. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm figure it out. So you're not
0: yeah, you're not you're have you ever thought about starting your own private business or doing that. I would
1: love to. I guess one of my goals would probably be to start some sort of a virtual private practice. So then I would be able to work from home since I still can't um drive independently yet.
0: Sure, sure. I think that would be the perfect thing for you. I think you'd be really great.
1: That's my plan. It's just actually getting that done because it's a little scary, a little overwhelming,
0: but just now, slowly that, working yeah, towards it all the time. Right. Good. Good. That's awesome. Well, I know that I love following your posts on Instagram and, um, I really look forward to kind of seeing what happens in the future. You'll have to keep us all updated on you and let us know, definitely, you know, what kind of you're up to and, Definitely share your message about anything that is specific to spinal cord injuries mm-hmm. that all dietitians could probably use that in their in their practice and in their knowledge base. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's enough of that out
1: there. Yeah, and I've talked to a couple other people, like other dietitians from other programs, and they said they didn't really learn anything. And in my program, which was very clinically based, if I remember right, we had half of a lecture on spinal cord injuries.
0: I don't even think I had that.
1: Yeah. So. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like it, it's not, I guess there's not a lot of research on it too, but most people never even learn anything about it. So I definitely do want to spread the word.
0: See, there's another thing that you could do. I had a, I had a individual on a couple podcasts ago and she was going to incorporate Monica was going to start incorporating fitness into dietetic internships. <laughs> so you can incorporate more of spinal cord injuries into classes and dietetic Mm -hmm. internships. I think that would be amazing. Definitely. (laughs) You have a lot (laughs) to do in the, you have a lot of work to do.
1: (laughs) So much to do. And that's the thing, like I want to do all of it, but I'm like, okay, how do I actually do this?
0: (laughs) And I think you're not alone in that. I'm sure there's a lot of people that feel the same way. Cause I think, don't you feel like as dietitians, there's just so much out there that we like and we're passionate about and we want to do, but it's just figuring it out. Yeah,
1: definitely. I think the how to actually like get started and yeah, that I think it's the hardest part. It's
0: always the how. It's always the how. And then there's always so many resources that you can, you know, watch you know, webinars, and you can read magazines. And I get overwhelmed with Mm -hmm. that, too, because there's so much out there.
1: And then even after reading a lot and doing tons of webinars, I'm like, okay, but I still feel like I'm not ready.
0: (laughs) Or I still don't feel like I quite understand yet.
1: I have questions.
0: (laughs) Well, and I I guess it's good that we keep searching for the answers, because that keeps us Keeps us present mm-hmm. in what's going on, Definitely. right? <laughs> well, I am so grateful that we had our conversation. I d- will probably do a follow up with you like next year sometime to see what you're up to, because I will be so interested to see because yeah. I think that there's so many, so many great things that you're going to do. And um, I also have some fun questions for you since I asked you all these hard okay. questions. But What's your favorite food?
1: Oh, people ask this, and I am so indecisive. It's so hard for me <laughs> to a pick couple? something. I know. I love so many different foods. So you'd think it's a simple question, right? Like, what's your favorite food? And I can... I, yeah. It's so hard. <laughs> but I will say I love, well, if you have a- I love fruit, but I also love dark chocolate. So I guess any combination of that...
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's always a good combination. (laughs) Dark chocolate and anything is a good combination. Yeah.
1: Especially. (laughs) I know. I I guess I had them a few weeks ago, but chocolate
0: covered strawberries. Mm, Did you have them for Valentine's day?
1: Our apartment complex had an event like the week before, but yeah.
0: So that's, and someone else made them. That's even better. Definitely. So good. (laughs) Do you have a favorite beverage?
1: Hmm. I know it's kind of pathetic, but I love water. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, it's not at all. I think that that's not exciting that's at all, that that but I
1: always have, have a water bottle on me. <laughs> if I, Yeah. It's
0: always staying yep, hydrated. <laughs> definitely. That's a very dietitian What's thing to say, product? right? It is. But you know what? I think... I think it's, I think people that say that are just very truthful Mm -hmm. about it because we do like water, so that's okay. (laughs) Do you, what's your favorite color? Um,
1: Let's see, like teal sort of, so like blue greens, anything like that.
0: Yeah, that's such a pretty color. Someone else mentioned Mm -hmm. that, like mint greeny too, so they're all really pretty. Yeah. And then. Do you have a favorite scent or a smell that you like? Mm. I
1: have no clue on this one. That's a tough one.
0: <laughs> I know because it's kind of like I i asked my friends that this weekend. I'm like, what's your favorite su- smell? And my friend, um, Carlina, her favorite su- smell is soap. Mm. <laughs> like she said, any kind <laughs> of soap. <laughs> Well, that's interesting. I never thought of soap as a smell, but it is a smell.
1: (laughs) Well, I guess if I did pick something, lavender always smells really good. Lavender, yeah, I'll go with that.
0: And it's so calming, and it's calming, and yeah, it's a good smell. And then, what brings you joy in life?
1: Man, easy questions, but they seem hard. (laughs) <laughs> you said you ask me all the hard questions, and these are these are almost harder. These are the hardest ones? <laughs> no, I guess just, yeah. doing what I enjoy. I mean, like just in t- general, just in know, life, just talking to friends, family, hanging out with people, just, you know, seeing everything that's out there. So- yeah.
0: That's awesome. Do you like to travel? I mean, I think you like to travel. It sounds like too, yeah. So that I could be something I funnier. love traveling, yeah. but I hate flying. Oh, <laughs> so you're going to be in a car. If you're going to go somewhere. It's going to be in a car.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, I've I've done a lot of road trips actually.
0: Yeah. Well, it's probably easier for you to to do road trips than fly.
1: Sometimes, definitely. I yeah. Yeah. We even went on a road trip from Pennsylvania to Los Angeles and back.
0: Oh, my <laughs> gosh. How many hours did that take you?
1: Um, I was, well, I was interning with the sports dietitian at UCLA. So we were going to be out there for a couple months. So my boyfriend and I spent like eight days driving out there and nine days coming back.
0: Oh, my. I hope you saw a lot of great stuff. In yes. between.
1: <laughs> we only did yeah. maybe like five, six hours a day and did a lot of exploring.
0: That's that. See, that could be fun. Yeah. That could be a fun road trip. I mean, it's a long road <laughs> yeah. trip, but you could just see a lot of stuff. Away. <laughs> we
1: did have our puppy with us, which complicated things a little bit, but we definitely saw a lot of things. So, yeah, I definitely do love traveling. <laughs>
0: Well, that's good. Well, I will keep watching your Instagram to see where you travel to next because everything that you've done is, is exciting know, to watch. I thought so. things
1: were going to calm down a little bit and then this rugby stuff started. So who knows what's going to happen next,
0: <laughs> right? And that's not a bad thing. Keeps life interesting, yep, right? definitely. <laughs> Well, Liz, thank you so much for taking time mm-hmm. today. And I definitely, like I said, 2019, I'm going to be calling you up and we're going to schedule another Damn. little check-in to see what you're I doing. I would love that. <laughs> I am so excited to follow Liz and see more of her exciting journey. I think it's so awesome she tried out for the National Wheelchair Rugby Squad, and I'm so excited to see how she does next year and to see what happens. I think her passion for educating RDs on spinal cord injuries during their undergrad and internship is also something she's going to move mountains with. Her blog is absolutely great, so make sure to go to her website, adaptingnutrition.com, and subscribe so you can get to know all the fabulous things that she does on a regular basis. My website, annelizabethrd.com, is where you can read my latest weekly wisdom blog posts that I share all my current adventures the food I'm eating, which is super exciting, and the music playlist I create for the gym. I might also include a really delicious real-deal recipe, and I always like to share what I'm loving right now. You will find all my previous podcasts, show notes, and links to things we talked about during all my conversations with my favorite people. And you can also purchase my book on my website, I'm a Registered Dietitian, Now What?, Please connect with me on social media. I hang out there quite often by finding me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest at Anne Elizabeth RD. Remember to be great always, find the joy in each day, and to start a conversation that truly matters.